0: So, give you a little time to find your spot in Philippians. If you need a little help, what's the phrase? Go eat popcorn. Philippians, Colossians, right? So, you ought to be able to find that with some help. So, they give you a little bit of time to, to get there. And uh, just in time to get there, you can mark that spot because we probably won't actually get into the text today. As you know, when we
1: begin a brand
0: new book study, You guys are good students of the Word. Whenever you're going to start to read a letter in the New Testament, uh, any book of the Scriptures, you need to start with doing the background homework. That's going to help you understand uh, who it was written to, when it was written, what was going on in the culture and the time, and it will help us better understand God's truth communicated to that time, but we can take that bridge of application to our time because God's truth is just that. It's true. And it's true for yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so, that's what we want to do. We want to understand who was written, and why was written, to get context. Context matters, guys. We live in a society and most of the problem in our world today is because we're a soundbite society. We pull things out of context. I mean, the world is upside down because people will take <coughs> a, God bless you, verse out of context, right? They'll take a sound bite, oh, check out this video footage, out of context, we know that, and we don't study the scriptures that way either, guys, we want to look at the whole of scripture, the best way to do that is understand the foundation, understand where it came from, where it's going, and so that's what we're going to look at, so today we're going to talk about Bolivians, and so I want to give you some introduction to help us as we read this, begin reading this, if you haven't already, I know some of you said you've already started into reading it, that's great, continue to read through it, uh, best ways in one sitting just read the good thing is it's four chapters I mean, that's 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 a brief read right four chapters and so uh i trust you will enjoy uh, our time here so four chapters that's gotta be at least a year and a half right for pulpit. Anyway, all right. two, 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 years, two years two years all right, right. <laughs> just so we're all on the same page so uh let, let's begin uh, uh with let's let's begin with a word of prayer as we dive into the text uh this morning father Uh, We bow our hearts before you because we know that your word is inspired, it's God-free, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Lord, our desire is that today, as we understand the background of Philippians, as we look into the founding of the church in Philippi, that, Lord, you will also speak to us Principle uh, that you'll give us applications, that you encourage our hearts and in our day, in our time, to understand and know what it is you're doing through your church today. And so, Lord, be glorified, be exalted, and draw us near. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, to begin with, the writer is the Apostle Paul. And, and the thing I love about uh, Paul is he kind of lets you know, for the most part, right out of the game, doesn't he? Uh, whenever you you read one of his letters he says paul and timothy bond servants of jesus christ he greets you right from the start and so we know this is the apostle paul no dispute there and the place of the writing uh, is in a roman prison now we refer to these as the prison epistles right the the letters that paul wrote from uh, his imprisonment while in rome now there's some dispute as to was this uh, his first imprisonment, Rome, is it his second? Is this the Caesarea? It, 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 some have even put forth
1: maybe he was in Ephesus, though I don't know that we have a lot of evidence there. Uh, I believe the traditional
0: view is correct. This is Paul writing. He writes this one at the same time that he wrote
1: Ephesians, right? Remember, the, we've, we've been there, Colossians,
0: Philemon. We just finished up our study in Colossians. So I think this is being written around the same time as
1: that. It's around AD 60 62, you know, give or
0: take a year or two. We're not going to be dogmatical on that, but uh, again, this is sort of the time period that this is being written. Now, we're going to find out um, how this church began, but before we do, let's continue with a little background. This is the city of Philippi, and it was named after King Philip II. And that's a typo, that should be of Macedonia. Macedonia was named that area after. King Philip II, who, by the way, was the father of Alexander the Great. Uh, a little, little history note for you in that. Uh, Philippi uh, is a, a is, is famous for one particular event. In 42 BC, Mark Antony and Octavian defeated Brutus and Cassius. Now some of you uh, English nerds may recall you read through these uh, the assassins of who Caesar. Thank you. and it's, that's not just the salad dressing. Thank you for playing along. Yes, some of you know your history. So there was a big battle between Mark Anthony Octavian. They defeated Brutus and Cassius. The assassins of Julius Caesar in a battle at Philippi. Later in 31 BC, when Octavian, uh, when, I'm sorry, when Octavian defeated Antony and Cleopatra. At Actium, he assumed the name, anyone want to guess? Augustus, good, I heard that over there. I knew I could hear from that side of it. Good job, good job, good answer. Good answer to my daughter. Said, good yeah, uh, that, that was Augustus. Roman emperor, Augustus, right? He rebuilt the city of Philippi. And so when he rebuilt
1: the city of Philippi, here's what he did. He turned it into a military
0: retirement town. So they sent a lot of soldiers, retired soldiers, placed them there strategically to breed
1: loyalty. America, America, baby, that kind of attitude, right? Wrong,
0: this is wrong, right? Wrong, baby, wrong, that's that's the attitude. So they got this big mentality going there, this pride in in the country happening in this region. They wanted to make sure that Philippi remained loyal to Rome. So they established a military outpost. He also gave this new colony the highest privilege obtainable by a Roman municipality: the ius italicum. All right, the colonists could buy. What does that mean? He's this. Colonists could buy, own, or transfer property, and they maintained the right to civil lawsuits. And here's the big kicker: they were also exempt from the poll and land tax. So there were some benefits. To live there it was a patriotic town if you will now that's important to remember because when we begin to again this is why we want to understand the climate we want to understand the region we want to understand the city what's going on there because now as we actually begin to read the scriptures in just a little bit you'll better understand why paul ends up in prison in that time and also he ends up in prison a lot later in time paul did a lot of prison men So, um, and we too may be headed to some preaching ministry real soon, (laughs) uh, especially as we keep preaching the Word. All right, you pray for your pastor now. I like John MacArthur's attitude in it. All right, here we go. So, this, some of the background. Continuing, this letter is written to a church in Philippi, again, in Port City, Roman colony, Military Center,
1: the church had been founded by Paul some 10 years earlier.
0: So as you're reading the letter to the philippians just know 10 years prior the church began there. okay so it's the first church i
1: thought this was pretty interesting this is the first church paul established in europe
0: how cool is that so if you look at the map today look to the north look a little uh, to the to greece in that area right And so uh, the first European church there in the Macedonian area. So kind of cool when you think about that. This this is a good strategic place back and forth, uh, but again, for the gospel to begin to spread towards Europe. All right. So here again, you kind of get an idea uh, um, from this pic. You'll see Philippi. geographical location, to so have better understanding where we're at. And so that's where the city of Philippi was during that time. Alright, so what else do we know? All right, So it was written while Paul was in prison. Again, as I said, one of four prison epistles, Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon, and Philippians. Uh, the first letters were delivered by Tychicus, but this one was delivered by Epaphroditus. And he had come to Paul wrong with financial help from the church at Philippi. That's very fundamental to the writing of the letter. Think of it this way. It's basically a thank you letter to the church. Right? And so uh, that was one of the purposes. We'll talk about some more of the purpose and the theme a little later, but um, they had sent Epaphroditus there uh, with some financial blessing because they heard Paul was in prison and they wanted to encourage him and his work, and so they sent Epaphroditus to also come alongside Paul and help and isn't that great having someone co-labor, God bless you for the cause of Christ, a brother or sister who kind of comes alongside you to encourage you? So that's what they desire to do. Um, but during his time in Rome, Papaditis gets sick. He got the wrong one. I don't know who he got. He got sick, all right, and he took ill, which delayed his return home and therefore the delivery of the letter. And again, we'll. See this in the letter when Paul's writing his thank you note, he sends it back with paradise. He kind of knew, because look, preachers know, this. they know how people can be. And he's a like, man, I can just imagine Paul thinking this. These people are gonna think I rejected the help. And I didn't want this guy to send him home. And Paul's like, dude, this guy's awesome, he's great. I don't want you to hold it against him. It
1: ain't like he failed me, ain't like he failed his mission, you know. This is what happened, he got sick, you know, and so
0: it's it's more it's better for him to come back home and but thank you, thank you, thank you. This kind of the attitude. That's speak conveyed. So, let's go back to the beginning. You have your spot, Philippians. Let's all go over to Acts verse or chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. And, uh, we'll also put it up on the screen here as we, as we go through it. And probably the way we're going to approach this today, we'll do this one a little bit different um, because, again, it is an introduction background. So what we're going to do is i begin reading through the text. I'm probably just going to highlight as we go through the text because we're going to cover a lot of space, a lot of ground, and uh, and I feel like that's probably going to be the most productive way to go through this. Week. So with that said, if you're in Acts sixteen, we just traveled back in time. Okay, church at Philippi has not yet established. Okay? journey. He's coming through the area, and let's see what happens. Then he came to Durban and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed. But his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, where they all knew that his father was Greek. Let me stop right there. I become all things to all people that I might win some Price. This is an example. Again, Paul understanding he's going to this this area, this region where there's going to be a lot of Jewish people. Here's a, here's one of these uh, Greek boys. And uh, so we need, to, we need to dress him up a little more Jewish so that he uh, might be uh, received a little better in the company we're going to be keeping, right? So um, that doesn't mean your pastor's going to wear skinny jeans and get some crazy shirts when I go visit the youth, right? Uh, that, but, but you understand my point. There, there, there is, uh, I, I do love the fact that Hudson Taylor, he didn't become effective in his climate ministry in Asia until he really began to take on some of the customs and culture of the land and he did so and purposefully for the cause of Christ. That's the big part of what's happening here. So, with that said, let's continue on our journey. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them decrees to keep which were determined by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. You remember, there were some things that came up. These Gentiles are getting saved home, so they kind of set some things to help them bring some balance, or assurance. So, so they're carrying out some of these instructions as they go. So the churches were strengthened in the faith. Now that let's, let's not just pass by that, guys. Leadership had handed down some, some suggestions to help keep the unity and peace, and the people obeyed and followed it, and it strengthened the church. God's a God of order. We know this. And guys, one of the things we're going to see in Philippians is the importance and emphasis of unity. Have a strong joyful ministry we need unity. community as unity and oh let me let me stick a t-shirt anyway here we go. help me work that up there all right so here's what happened so the churches were strengthened in faith and increased in number daily that's exciting now when they had gone through Phrygia and that region of galatia they were forbidden by the holy spirit to preach the word, a nation. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Time out, bo. My radio man needs to teach me. Time out, bub. Um, I went to radio college, broadcast school, CCCC, and that no, my professor. And I think he was a coach, one of the. He'd always stand in front of the class and get this pose. Time out, bub. So, time out, bub. What's going on here? What's going on here? I thought God, you said take the gospel to the to the world, take it to every preach the priest gospel, right? To Everywhere in the world. That's what Paul's doing. All of a sudden,
1: oh,
0: oh, he can't, why can't I go there? Uh, the Holy Spirit. Guys, here's, here's my philosophy of ministry, and it comes from these biblical truths and principles. When God gives me a green light he says, go, we go. And I'll let the Holy Spirit stop me. Because I trust the Holy Spirit to stop us when we need to stop. Now, let me just say I have seen this evidence here in the past 10 years that I've been here. We had the, this, this land become available some time ago. And it was green light. And there were many who said, don't go. And we went. And God gave it. And we kept going, and then he stopped us. And I couldn't understand why it stopped, because I thought you gave us this. I imagine Paul said, well, wait a minute, didn't you tell me to go take the gospel? And then all of a sudden the door opens again another time later. And then move forward, boom, it stops again. I don't pretend to understand what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. I just know what's happening, and I know that God is late. And I just want to keep going until he says stop. And he may say stop. And if he says stop, I'm going to stop. All right? Some of y'all play Mother May I better than we play Father Lord. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. All right, here we go. So the Holy Spirit... Said, don't take the word of Asia. After they come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them.
1: It's interesting.
0: That's who we want to be. We want to be sensitive to the Lord. Go, stop, go, stop. So here's what happened. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he'd seen the vision, immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia. Boy, oh, I love that. They didn't waste time, did they? <coughs> Breaks are on. Let's go. And that's where they went concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. They concluded that. I like that too. Sometimes guys, we've got to use some deductive reasoning, right? Sometimes we've got to figure this thing out. Sometimes we've got to pay attention to what God's doing, what he's
1: doing, how he's doing it. And so they respond. And by the way,
0: again, we're, we're in the book of Acts. There's a transition period. The church is being established. Don't lose sight of that, okay? And so there's some things that we find happening in the book of Acts that we don't necessarily find happening today. Now I think there's still some of this happening in certain parts of the world that do not have the gospel. I still believe God is calling people to go and take the gospel to unreached people, and I still think there's people screaming, even though they don't know what they need. God knows what they need, and there's some there's some screaming for the gospel because that's what they need to hear. You and I have that good news, and our response should be the same. I mean, God calls us. And for the rest of us, he calls us to support those who do come. Can I just take a time out Bo, moment for, for our missions? Guys, our missions has, I don't think we've made any you that. I don't think we've hit missions in, in months. Don't rob Paul to pay Peter. Okay? We want you to give towards the, these, these ministries.
1: It's there's a lot of great ministries going on. I know there's a lot.
0: But guys, don't, please don't, rob Paul to pay Peter. Our missionaries are still front line serving the Lord. We need to support our missions. And we committed when we said yes to the budget, we committed that we would we would meet that. Alright? No different than you and I signing the bills. Uh, I agree to pay this monthly, I agree to pay my mortgage, I agree to pay my life. We've agreed to support a mission So let's please do that. You're taking the gospel to the world. Alright, with that said, here's what happens. So now actually we see the vision. Immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to. The gospel 2. therefore sailing
1: from troas
0: okay. so they're sailing and they got the, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis. this is an adventure always on man here, here we go we'll stay with it and from there to philippi we finally got to philippi which is the foremost city of the, that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who we met there. Now, let's stop for a minute. What was Paul's custom when he went into a new town? Normally. Normally. synagogue normally when paul would go to a town one of the first things he would look to do is find the synagogue because again we have the old testament we have the scriptures and paul would go in and he would reason and persuade men from those scriptures old testament that you see all these things that are being written about this is writing about jesus christ he came he died for your sins he was buried and three days later he rose from the grave victorious over death and he offers you salvation he offers you forgiveness of your sins this is the Messiah he's coming I'm proclaiming to you today and then he'd either get beaten and <laughs> taken to jail ran out of town or many would say hey let's hear this guy we want to hear more about this and they would follow or be Bereans and study the scriptures to see if what he was saying was true hey this does lie my God my God why is that forsaken me it is in here and that is what jesus said on the cross i was there i heard it you know whatever again these are the things that paul would do this was his custom. but here's a head scratch he's in philippi why doesn't he go to the synagogue traditionally anybody know how many men because it was men you had to have the headship of the home represented how many you can give me a show of hands um, fingers and toes, how many did it take to establish a synagogue in the town? Ten. Thank y'all for not taking your shoes off. Ten. So we can conclude there weren't enough Jewish men heading their homes that were in this area that were believers in the Old Testament. Okay. Again, remember you're in Europe. You're in the far northern right side here, and so
1: instead, there's a place. Hey, where people worship around here? <coughs> you tell me a
0: good place to worship from Yeah, they usually be down the riverside. Um, Gay rights is the name of it, I think. But uh, it's usually a bunch of women over there. But you're welcome to go. They can use a man whatever, I don't know what this conversation was like, but they made their way to the riverside. Down by the riverside. Alright, here we go. So what happened? So they go down there, prayers customarily being made, and they sat down and they spoke to the women who demanded. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard this. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira. Worshipped God, the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. Oh, 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 oh time out, bow in a big way. Woo, Mush! Lydia, celery
1: Colonel. Fine, This lady's a businesswoman, and she's got it going on. She's got, she's, she's well a
0: wealthy lady area, right? She's got strong influence in the community. Love the fact that the gospel comes to her first verse there Get this. Don't miss that last line. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken upon. Guys, faith is a gift. Okay? Now look, God so loved the world and gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know what's happening here? similar thing that we find in Acts 10 with Cornelius in his household. Again, remember the transition period that's going on in the book of Acts. The gospel is going out. And now it's moving from the Jews to the Gentiles. And so what happens? You Remember the account of Cornelius in Acts 10? Don't take my word for it. Read it. Peter's up on his roof. Up on the roof. And he's up there and he has this vision that comes and says, you know, thing rolls out, and there's some meats on it, some meats on it, some, man, some shrimp and barbecue, and I ain't touching that stuff, that's unclean, God says, don't, follow something unclean that I've made clean, you got somebody downstairs knocking at your door, go get it, follow them, take the gospel to the Gentiles, translation, the Gentiles are now made clean because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, he's declaring, whosoever will ever come, that includes Paul goes to Cornelius, which by the way, Cornelius is worshiping God in the best way he knows possible. This is exactly why we argue for missions. People always love to stump you Christians. But what about those people in the other part of the world who never heard of Jesus? You tell me they die and go to hell? What sends a person to hell? Not hearing Jesus or their sin? There is none righteous, no but guys they're without excuse because God has left them testimony he has given us creation creation testifies the stars proclaim his glory so that if you live in the deepest darkest jungle of the world and you have never heard of the name Jesus but you look up at that sky at And you look around at creation, it testifies there's a creator, there's a God. He's also giving you an internal mechanism, a head and a heart that screams at you. Your conscience tells you there's a God. There's a right, there's a wrong. There's a right, there's a wrong. Why does it operate in such manner? Because God has designed you in such manner. And that if you will heed the light you've been given, Respond to that which God has built in, which by the way, He has also written the law upon our heart. That first kill that young teen makes as a cannibal. He feels a little funny about that. I'm sure he feels even more funny when he sees grandpa, but that's just a whole other story. Cannibals, no, guys, that's wrong. Something's wrong with this, right? It's written on the heart. Murder's wrong. These people are creating an image of God. Don't, they don't need to read that and know something ain't right. God has built in these external and internal witnesses. Now if we feel so concerned then maybe we need to take the gospel to those people we are so concerned about. Amen. We should. And so that's what we find in Romans 1, 2, and 3. This idea just what we see happening in Cornelius' time we also see it happening in here with Lydia they responded to the light God had given them and if you respond to what God has called you to he will not leave you in the dark that's why he sends a Peter to Cornelius, that's why he sends a Paul over to Philippi because here's Lydia and her crew who's already opening the word of God and they're believing upon the Messiah and then Paul proclaims that Messiah, and so the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken of Paul. It, it resonated. This is true. This is true what Paul's showing us. That's exciting. And so that's what begins to happen. Notice what happens next. And when she and her household were baptized. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Man, you bet Guys, she believed the word. She was saved. And then she followed the Lord. Believers Baptist. By the way, another time I vote on. We're going to need to plan baptism. We've got some who are who are uh, asking about being baptized. If you have never followed the Lord in Believer's Baptism, you're <coughs> Savior, you you've been saved, you're on your way to glory, but you have not taken that next step of obedient faith and be baptized, please see me. Shoot me an email. Give me a call. Give me a text. Hey, I'd to be in the next baptism. Guys, that's a very important step of obedience. It doesn't save you. Just like you know the illustration of the ring, whether I've got my ring on or I don't have my ring on, it doesn't change the fact I'm still married. But this is an outward symbol that testifies I'm married. I'm taken. Sorry, Louis. I'm taken. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's an outward testimony. I belong to the Lord. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. So please, guys, if you've not done that, see me, shoot me text, whatever, and uh, we'll get that set up. Alright, so, when her whole household was baptized,
1: she begged us, this is cool too, she's begging Paul and saying, if you've
0: judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. That's kind of cool, isn't it? It's okay to persuade when we're persuaded for the glory of God. (laughs) I'm just saying, that's, that's good. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl, possessed with the spirit of divination, met us. Who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling." Oh, here's Sister Cleo. Stopping them along the way. They're going to prayer. They're going to prayer. They're going to meet. They're going to, they're going to uh, Lydia's house, right, for the First House Church in Philippi. And here comes this, this slave girl. She brought her masters a lot of money, right? This is, this is that uh, uh, you know, you see the stop by my house, get your palm read kind of thing. That's this kind of lady right here. Right? She's one of those. What's that? That show I never watched. I hope and pray. None of you don't. You better not be watching this show. That lady, like, she's a spirit of the or something. Yeah, don't mess with that stuff, guys. I'm telling you, you stay away from that girl. So here's this lady. And this girl followed Paul, followed Paul and us, and cried out, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And I'm sure it sounded just like that. <laughs> How do I know it was like that? Because look what Paul says next. And this she said did, she, she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed. <laughs> See, it was annoying.
1: Now, we that's important to understand because
0: some people kind of take this, well, wait a minute. And look, there's some truth. Do you know that the demons recognize Jesus more than some people who claim to know Jesus? Right? Just because it comes under the umbrella or wears the t-shirt of Christian, don't mean it is. Here's a lady who's actually making a statement of truth. They're proclaiming the way of salvation. These men are the servants of the Most High. God, Satan knows who the Most High God is. And he wants his position. But he knows who the Most High is. So is this little demon inside this little girl, and she's making a true statement. They proclaim to us the way of salvation, but again, I believe this is one of those situations where she's a heckler. I mean, we've all had the smarty pants that, that well, maybe haven't, but I, I, you know, I've ran into hecklers, open air evangelism. I, I've met people who, you know, in conversations about the gospel, who want to get in and, and, and mock and be sarcastic. And, and you know and so I, I really believe that's the intent here and, the, and my, the, the reason I conclude that is because it was greatly annoying to Paul so if she's doing something that's you know in right order it would have been annoying this was out of order and Paul knew it And so look what happened but Paul because um, again it's happening for days uh, and Paul greatly annoyed Turned and said to the spirit I command you In the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her." And he came out That very Hour Now let me just take a moment here Again it's the book of Acts Too many ministries are built off of a verse Now take this one verse and build ministry Guys I'm reminded also You want to take that verse that says Jesus I know Paul I know I don't know who you are. And that guy got beat silly by a bunch of things and ran out of town naked. So we don't mess with this stuff. The Lord rebuked you. Michael the Archangel went while contending with Satan. This is Michael the Archangel. Alright? The, the strongest of the angelic beings after Satan fell. The number one go-to. And even he did not rebuke Satan. He let the Lord rebuke. This isn't on us let the lord do what the lord does and so in this case in this uh with paul having that vested power of that time he says uh, i command you in the name of jesus christ come out of her and he came out that very hour but when her master saw that their hope it was upsetting their customs, their comfort truth be told their income people don't like their comforts with. that's our human nature guys, we're all that way these guys not knowing God, and that's the biggest thing difference no, please, I don't want to try to make this say what it doesn't say so let's stay on track they were bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And at the end of the day, that's the real thing that's turned over the apple cart. Right? And so, uh, then the multitude rose up together against them. A little mob rule going on there, sounds like, huh. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beat with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison. The jailer to keep them securely. Mm. Never thought I'd see the day when we might experience this very similar thing right here in Burke. Right? <coughs> Interesting. So, what happens next? Having received such a charge, he put them in their, in the inner prison, fastening their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And this is a miracle. Well, these guys must have done something really bad. they carrying them all the way into the inner prison. They're being pretty silly. They're chained up. i Say six, seven thousand people in there. I mean, it's huge. I'll never forget standing. of them have probably already heard a little bit about this Jesus. How many of them have been resisting the Holy Spirit's draw and because of that was ended up there providentially under the sovereign hand of God? I wonder how many of them were maybe believers, had made a profession of faith and maybe had fallen back into sin and now their sin has landed them there. And so God was speaking to their heart to call them back to repent. I don't know. God knows. But I believe there was probably more than just the Philippian jailer. Oh, well, yes. Let's find out about that now. So we continue on. The earthquakes happened. The foundations of the prison were shaken. All of a sudden, the doors are open. The chains fall off. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep, uh oh. <laughs> And, and seeing the prison doors open. Supposedly prisoners had fled, drew a sword, and was about to kill himself because did he knows he does not want to fall into the hand of those Roman uh, leaders? He has fallen asleep on his responsibility, his watch, his duty. This is all on him. He is, man, this is it. So he draws his own sword, he's going to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm. We're all here. And he called for a life. Randy, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, that is truly, like, again, how God just sovereignly, supernaturally, cued that up, teed that up for that moment. And we get to hear about it. We get to read about it. This true account I mean, you see the man's heart. You see where he's at. I just envision him mean, said exactly said he's, at, he's at what's in. His circumstances have crushed him. I don't know what's been going on in this personal life, but it seems like, you know, you don't just all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to kill myself, Right? I mean, there's a digression. this man was at that point. I know you feel the weightiness of the battles that you're in right now. I know that it is very real and it's heavy. Can I just extend to you the lifeline of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because see, the gospel is not just a one and done, guys. The gospel is a forever life-changing, transforming grace that heals. It's good for salvation, but it's also good for sanctification, and it's also what's is Philippians. The thing of Philippians is joy. Paul is in prison when he writes the letter and potentially he knows this is the end. He makes a statement to live as Christ. Those burdens at the foot of the cross. That's why Jesus came. He came to save, He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to give you life and give it above. That promise still rings true today. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. You and Again, yeah, I just my sanctification, my, my uh, what I call imagination sanctification, kind of goes here. You know, it's sort of like mm, I wonder, 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 what am I? I, I Just an opinion, just an opinion. Take the words worth. It's an opinion. I believe there was something tied up in the family. I think there were some things going on with the family, something in the house. And Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, knowing these things because God knows all things, probably extended a lifeline, not just to him. What must I do to be saved? But he also tells him, "Hey, your household—not just you, your household." Who, who, You mean there's hope? There's hope for my kid who, who's who's rejecting everything I'm trying to give him in the way of the things of God. You mean that spouse of mine who's who, who's just checked out and said our marriage is done and there's nothing we're going to die through with you. I'm going next week. Whatever the situation is in our households, guys, I don't know what it is. That wayward kid who's on drugs, strung out, uh, whatever the situation is, it's not too big for God. He is our hope. He is our lifeline. He is the one who can heal and change. That's what they offered to him and his household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Because the truth is where it's at. The word of God is the seed that has to be planted. It's an incorruptible seed. It's that word that's placed in the heart and that's germinated by the Holy Spirit that brings forth salvation. They go together. It's a twine that cannot be undone. And when a person responds in belief in saving faith, that's when there's you. All of these things together, guys, we can dissect it. Many love to theologians spend their time puffing on their pipes and drinking their, you know, whatevers, and they have these little debates in rooms. Guys, here's the point. If you hear the voice of the Lord calling, respond. If you hear the good news offered, respond. Since the Spirit is speaking to you to repent, believe, repent, and believe. And so, they shared the word. To him and to all that were in the household. And he took the, the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. And maybe they got some stripes beaten because... Immediately, he and all his family were baptized. (coughs) See, the word came forth first, they believed, and then they followed the Lord and believed his baptism. Wow. What a moment. What a historical moment. Now, verse 34. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. That is called for celebration. Amen? I mean, this, this house is, is completely transformed, it's completely changed forever. And some of you know, some of you have experienced this, how one person in your house got saved and then it, it, it affected the whole family. And, and this is important. This is why our men's ministry is such an important ministry. Because, guys, I'm a firm believer, when the head of the household gets converted, it affects the whole house. When, when the men are spiritually Uh, where they're supposed to be before a holy God, it affects those in their household. But we're also encouraged by this story because Lydia, ladies, is a pioneer in her day. We're going to get back to her story, so let's keep reading. Check it out. So, now they brought into the household, set the food, they're rejoicing, believing in God in the household, and when it was day, the
1: magistrate sent the officers, saying, let
0: those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul saying, hey, the magistrates have sent to let you go. And therefore depart, go in peace. This is awesome. You're free to go, man. They just threw the charges out. Don't get out of town before anything worse happens. Now, verse 37, but Paul said to them, they've beaten us openly. Uncondemned Romans and have thrown us into prison. And now, do they put us out secretly? <laughs> I don't think so. That's, that's kind of in circle. Right uh, no, indeed. Translation. No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get outside of here. Let them come and get us out. You see what Paul just did there? You see why the background is important? What did Paul just throw out there, too? He's a Roman citizen. Oh. stoics. That's really not good. So, officers told these words to the masters, and they were great <laughs> when they heard that they were Romans. You think? <laughs> oh, no. Heads are going to roll? we done it now. I told you not to listen to Johnny, but Johnny said, Dave said that this was, that they were Jews. I don't, no,
1: whatever.
0: Then they came, verse 39, and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. So they went out of the prison and entered the house. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. So those guys, they came, Sorry. go through some circumstances. Not enough Jewish men, no synagogue, right? Needed his head, big ten. They shared the gospel with women at the prayer meeting. Liv home, church gathered, we saw that in verse 15. Let's just recap. Don't get excited. I know you can't write fast enough.
1: Alright?
0: That was uh they they were met with opposition. Alright, verses 16 to 19, we saw that. What else did we learn? Well, it inflamed civic pride. That got that, that all going. Uh, they got beaten, put in prison. The Philippian jailer was saved, his whole household. They were told to get out.
1: And they went to church. That's, a, that's my favorite line right there. Hey, right, they went to church, folks. You know,
0: This is where the word of God is. This is where we get equipped. This is where we wash away the stripes, if you will. This is where we heal. This is where we encourage one another. Continue fighting the good fight. And
1: that's what they did. This is
0: how the church at Philippi began. Isn't that kind of cool? We actually study the history of how the church there in that region started. It never would have happened had there not been committed, faithful followers of Jesus Christ. And so, that's <laughs> the purpose. Back to the, to the letter of Philippians, in the remaining five minutes, seven minutes, i have got. Yeah, y'all want to see another miracle, huh? <laughs> All right. So, here's the purpose of the Philippians letter. Here's, what's the purpose of the Philippians letter? And you're asking, right? What's the purpose of the Philippians? I'm glad you asked that question.
1: Let's look. Paul's primary <coughs> purpose in writing this letter
0: was to thank the Philippians. Right? For the gift <coughs> they had sent him upon learning his intention wrong. Now remember, the letter's coming ten years after the church has, has been established. So so this is again another time. Paul's in a different prison, different times, right?
1: <coughs> so um, so here's what we find. So, so Paul's
0: primary purpose in writing this letter is to thank the Philippians for the gift they sent to him upon learning of his intention of Right? right? Uh, however, he makes use of this occasion to fulfill several other desires. These are some of the other sub-points as to the reason why the letter's written. This is the other, other point. So I'll give you a handful of these. It was to report on his own circumstances. He'd give you an update. Paul ain't an update. Here's what's going on in the ministry. Right? Those are nice. It's good to know those things. Um, also it was to encourage the Bolivians to stand in the face of persecution and rejoice regardless of circumstances and, and I will share in a little while that's the big theme of the book joy rejoice guys again our circumstances does not matter hear me out on does not matter who wins the election in November. We can still rejoice. We can still have joy. We can still have peace. Because our circumstances do not determine our joy. Happiness is is, is created by our happiness. I don't want to be happy. Don't get me wrong, I want to be happy, but I don't, I'm not relying on, uh, I'm not, I'm not worried about being happy in life. I want to have joy. Joy is an abiding peace that doesn't go away when, when you get terrible news, when, when life comes crushing down on you. Joy remains. Now you're not happy about the circumstance, of course not. But you know this isn't your home. You know the truth of eternity and what this is going to look like in eternity and so that perspective is so vital and that's one of
1: the key things so he also writes to exhort them to humility and
0: unity in fact everything centered around one of the greatest passages point and as often referred to in chapter 2 of Christ's in incarnation and taking on the form of a man in humility that's displayed in our example.
1: And we'll talk a lot about that when we get there. And so, uh, also, it's to commend Timothy and Epaphroditus uh, to the Philippian church. All right? These are the two uh, helpers that are there. And so he wants to commend them to the church for their service. And then also, uh, to warn the Philippians
0: against the Judaizers, the Libians, <coughs> and the Antinomians, the, the Libertines among them. That, that word antinomians is basically two Greek words put together as anti and nomos,
1: and that word nomos
0: is law. Those who are against the law. So basically, let's put it in layman's terms. The, he's gonna address those who are those Judaizers who are all about the law, the legalists, and those who are lawless. Oh, you're under grace, go enjoy joy. Yeah, drink it up, party it up, you're fine, you're covered. This is the misunderstanding of the gospel and is still today very active so when we get there we're going to talk about again the problems in a lot of churches today is you either the pendulum tends to swing either as a legalistic church or a lawless church and that's sad that we would even use those phrases with the term church um, but anyway we'll look at that so so that's that's some other things all right so conclusion paul will write about joy 16 times in 104 verses. You think he wants us to get the message? Hey, God bless you. And he's in prison. <laughs> he's in prison. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. In Philippians 3, 1 and 4:4, Paul commands us. He commands us to rejoice in the Lord. Again, who you rejoice in, I'm rejoicing that I've lost my job. No, that's not who you rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Losing your job, that's dumb.
1: <laughs> but you know what? The Lord is great. Hold tight. He's got something for you.
0: Right? So, Paul rejoices in the Lord and he rejoices in his people. He thanks God and prays with joy because of their gospel partnership. And he urges them to complete his joy. You realize, guys, we have joy in each other. Can I just tell you again, when I see you gathered in here, when I see us working together in unity for the sake of the gospel, it brings joy. I rejoice in the Lord for my brethren and sisters. I know Randall made a a plea earlier and I appreciated what he had to share. And, And I'll say this, guys, again, I realize that God has set before us a ministry opportunity and I believe with everything within my being that he has set that before us and that is the direction he's leading. Now again, I'll trust him to stop and go. Stop and I'll trust him for that and I, and I hope he will too. But here's what I'm asking. This is what I believe is important for us to understand. It doesn't matter if you're only in a small percent. We just need to be in. It's not about the amount. But it is about collective whole. and and i'm telling you when i read the scriptures and we've just seen it here and we'll see it throughout the book. Of that when we're in one accord when we're on the same page when we're like-minded when we're moving in the same direction again that doesn't mean we agree 100 with everything that we're doing guys i don't agree with you in everything you do but i love you and i support you but as a church family to go together in unity there is great power in that. So again, I encourage you in that heat, in the unity of what God is doing so that we can rejoice in him when it's done because he gets the glory and it encourages the hearts of all of us around one another. And so, complete the joy. We rejoice because Jesus has delivered us from sins and death. And one day, we'll complete the deliverance. That's why we can rejoice. That's the reason. We rejoice because Jesus has delivered us from sin's penalty and one day will completely deliver us from his presence. That's That's the reason Paul is writing this. So, church, rejoice in the Lord always and again. Father, thank you for the background. Thank you for the introduction information that sort of lays the foundation of the study of this this book. I pray that as we go through it, Lord, that it will be rich, that it will uh, just be illuminated to our hearts and our minds to unite us under Christ and his headship, and that you will just uh, fill us, Lord, with your spirit to to overflow and that as we, again, join together in corporate worship, that you'll meet with us through the teaching of your word, as we saw today your word was brought to the Philippian jailers home and they received it. Lydia received the word of God and it transformed and changed her life forever. Lord, that's what you do. You work through your word through the Holy Spirit to change our lives forever. And so as we read this letter, as we meditate on this letter, as we think through its truths, I pray that you will remind us of the joy that's found in Christ Jesus. And regardless of our service of our service and we have that peace that passes all understanding and may we rejoice in the Lord and again, I say rejoice. in Jesus' name Amen Guys, thank y'all again, no evening service um, hope to see you Wednesday night for Kids Club, Youth Group and uh, your Thank thanks for being with us today don't forget, oh, please turn in your paper uh, for the marriage retreat if you're playing on coming just write your name fold it and you can drop it uh, um, in the plate on the way out we definitely need a head thank you uh, two, uh, two, two, two. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: all right <laughs> Are you ready to take
0: it over on the next sunday
1: I you don't know I'm about to take over.
0: Sometimes it's better to do the clicks. I have you
1: I messed up a few times, but hey. Who <laughs> It's, we
0: love it whenever we, we, we got this perfect transition right. All right, thank you guys, and i have a great day. And then we went to the community back Baptist, and he goes, Oh, by the way. And then we just put it back on the camera. <laughs> watch, watch his show. Yeah, well, I watch him. Yeah, he'll turn, the you the turn around, and then he'll do a quick turn. Watch how it dips. How he dips tells you what you're watching. All right, do you want to watch, get watch it. this? Here. Here we we are going
1: to need a new
0: category under sermons, books, and same thing okay? finalize, and
1: then sure. okay. Right. and and just going to stop here.